Like Gary V, ready to see me not being productive, constructing, conducting something, cause ownership is the key to success, y'all. Flying 30,000 feet in the air for a meet and greet, I remember being so. For businesses deep, I sign on my checks and permanent eat that reads fresh seats. My next guest not only makes music, he also has a podcast called The Hustler's Journal. He understands the grind of being in the entertainment industry, and he wants to help inspire others. Introducing Fresh C. Yeah, everybody got my back, but they all talk behind it. All I ever hear was I'm such an asshole I never helped nobody How? My attitude is so cold How? I'm so fake and my songs blow I cut your mic off in my next show Try lip syncing out real You are without a mic call Help others for I help myself I made a lane in the game all by myself I don't remember anybody doing shit for me But everyone got a story to tell Said I'd never make it better Check the mileage State to state Flights took self with some pilots Do it in different cities Ain't nobody fucking with me So can you please Get off my dick Welcome back everyone This is DJ Blake Keeping you up to date With all the hottest hip hop news And sneaker talk And today I'm with A very special guest The one And only Fresh C What's up man There we go and what's your ethnicity, man? I cannot tell. I take a guess. Uh, I thought you were like shooting shoot the dark here. I literally thought you were like white, and then like now sitting down with you, you're probably like Puerto Rican. No? Okay, so a little bit of mixture of everything. So Italian, Hispanic, and Caucasian. What? Yeah, that those, those are the three most prominent. Where are you from? I'm originally from California. But how but do you I, have an accent then? What do you mean? You don't. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, like. Uh, I, I guess what how you could kind of put it is like more of a civilized, you know what I'm saying? Like my yeah. Latino side of me, like I wasn't raised with, yeah. with them, you know what I mean? And so, yeah, definitely don't don't have an accent, but I'm definitely fluent. No, you definitely have an accent. You think so? Yeah, it's intense. All right, that's, all right man, I'll that's take funny. that. <laughs> so you're here in Seattle. Do you come here frequently? Or? Um, I, I wouldn't say frequently, um, but this is my second time here. Oh, okay, that's not frequent Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no, no, for sure. Not a frequent flyer. That's dope. So why are you here? I'm here to drop some music. Uh, I got a, my partner, E. Brown. E. Brown. Yeah, so he introduced me to this and introduced me to you. And so we came here. We do a lot of work, just different projects, like mm. singles and yes. things like that work. And also, it's just all music related. Yeah, that's dope. And you have a podcast called The Hustler's Podcast. The Hustler's Journal, yeah. yeah. Oh, my bad. No, no, no. You yeah. straight, man. You straight. <laughs> no worries. No worries. Stupid no worries. <laughs> nah, no worries, man. So from listening to it, I hear that you're live far away from everything or like yeah so I live in a rural community so okay. pretty much uh, you know take uh, maybe like a square block or two maybe like eight miles square yeah. of Seattle and yeah. cut that out and that's like where I live oh. Not, so there ain't nothing wow yeah so Pima Arizona is just a rural small community mm-hmm. you know what I mean just real real um, kind of on the left side of things so to speak mm-hmm. like you know and so, very conservative. Right. At least it's not alt-right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Good point. Good point. Yeah. That's... Is that weird to live... Come here 
where it's very what is it supposed to be? Isn't it, aren't we supposed to be liberal or something? So progressive, I'm, depending on how you look at it. Yeah, 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 for sure. Is it weird to just visit here and then be live in a conservative type area? Nah, because I mean, growing up, I grew up in the city, and so yeah. that's kind of what brought me to a smaller area is kind of get out of trouble. Some of the things yeah. that I was in growing up. And uh, now nah, I ended up uh, moving there with my grandparents, and that's where they live. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And so they they raised me and definitely uh, helped mold some of the the rough edges, so to speak, coming from the city. So um, now nah, it feels more like home. To be quite honest, I'm just gonna say like I love coming to Seattle. The yeah. fir- first time I came, I was like I gotta continue coming. So yeah, so wow, I'm him, that's man. good. Yeah. So I kind of live in a weird place now too. I live next to horses and like there's an alpaca farm near my house it's like 20 minutes away from the closest city and you don't really want to go to that city because it's like what i've heard is the city i live next to monroe is supposed to be like ghetto or something <laughs> but i don't i don't know anything about it really so i drive through it to get to like seattle and stuff but okay i kind of i think it's different if i've already made those connections and now i live up in the middle of nowhere yeah but it's is it hard to make connections if you grew up in the middle of nowhere and then now you want to make connections? Yeah, it's kind of like a double-edged sword. So <clears throat> in one sense, you know, coming from California, huge huge place, right? Lots of people, lots of lots of culture. And then coming to a place that has almost none. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I guess the way that to, to kind of transcribe that is I just brought everything that embodies who I am as a creative and I just did my thing without any precedence. And so I just do my own thing kind of created almost if you think about video games I'm the creative player within the game system yeah. like I just created myself and, yeah. and made it more of a prominent thing and it's really dope because it influences a lot of artists and creatives that are around who are like not understanding like what do we do how do we do it how can we do this and then seeing me do it in hindsight inspires those kinds of people to come come out of the woodworks and right. you know you see more musicians and more bands and more people that are creative coming out like yo I see Fresh doing it. I, w- I want to give it a shot. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I don't really... I guess this is kind of how you look at it, perspective. Right. Does Fresh C yeah. stand for Fresh California? Or? Nope. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no, no. It, it's because my first name is Cody. Okay. And so uh, I'll, I'll give you a little background on that. In school, in high school, I always played sports. And there's this, there's this female on the basketball team. Hey. And she, yo, we used to just have ciphers in the back. Yeah. And so she tested me and I had a different rap name at that yeah. time and she wouldn't call me by it. And she was like, I took that as disrespect. You yeah. know what I mean? Like as an artist. And she kept calling me Fresh C over and over forever. This is like my freshman, sophomore year in high school. Yeah. And it just stuck. Huh. Couldn't get rid of it. Yeah, yeah. It's a funny story. So she, you, you give all the credit to her then? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. Shout, shout out to Courtney Moore. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know her name and everything. It's crazy. So you started rapping in high school? I started rapping when I was nine years old oh, in like California. So, yeah, I was yeah. just picked up the game, you know, where I grew up, and, mm-hmm. and it saved my life. So, mm-hmm. Were there prominent figures in California that you looked up to that got you into it? Or? Um, I mean, I'll keep it 100% real. Like, my environment is definitely 50% of that. So the things right. I saw, the culture, I didn't come from a very... Uh, how could you say I didn't come from a very wealthy background I came from a very poor community so the things mm-hmm. that I was seeing in the streets walking to and from school and like the demographic was all embodied in who I became so right. but I didn't want to be a product of that either mm-hmm. I knew that I had you know a gift and I wanted to utilize that and when I found hip hop 
NWA, of course, was one of my first uh, inspirations. I would see these guys, you know, because I'm an older cat, so I'd see these guys at the swap meets and stuff like that, slinging tapes and things like that. And it would always blow my mind, like, yo, they talking about real stuff that I see out my window, that right. I see when I'm walking, and so I identified that. So I would say, as far as artists, like NWA, um, talk about, like, L.A. specifically, uh, Easy e Of course, a lot of, uh, I guess, what you could say, gangster rap, mm. what they call it now, you know right. what I'm saying? Dude, I sat down with Cocaine. Do you know Cocaine? Oh, yeah. Dude, that guy <laughs> is so nice. Uh, he's a cool guy. De- definitely a legend. Yes. Definitely a legend. So what encouraged you to continue hip-hop if it's... Because it is a hard... Especially if you're like living in a place that's not really prominent or... Oh, for sure. Or you don't get a lot of support. How do you continue to do it? Because you've been doing it for like 10 years, you said, or something like that? I think all together, if I want to count them, about 25. Oh, shit. Okay. About 25 years, almost 26. My but bad. no, 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 man. No, <laughs> you're good. You're good. Um I just love it. Like yeah. I'm very passionate about the journey, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like and I love just being a creative. I love to just be able to think something and put that on a paper or however I excerpt that. And I just love it, man. I just right. love the process. Like none of, none of the other stuff, of course, you know, like we all deal with different things on our own, but the journey, I'm just so excited. You know right. what I mean? Like the journey brought me here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that's why this is happening. So what makes it worth it and keep you going for like 25 years then? I just, I honestly love it and the fact that it saved my life. Because yeah. if I hadn't have found music in the transition when I did, it could have could have been a much different story. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm not even so sure that one of two things: either I would be dead or I'd be behind bars. Mm-hmm. Period. Like the route that I was going, it's kind of like the path that people quote-unquote try to like uh you know being a product of your environment if you don't set yourself aside and figure out who you are as a person and you don't figure out that path soon enough especially growing up real early then you end up following somebody else's path right and so i made my own route i just wanted to survive you know and then being that music definitely helped me survive and get out of that being able to put those thoughts and those and that angst and that anxiety and the things that I was going through to put that out there and to know that it affects people in mm-hmm. a positive way, that saved me from doing all the bad things. Like for me to just vocalize that instead of actually going out and doing bad shit. Right. You know what I'm saying? Bad stuff. So how do you feel about artists that say they're doing stuff when they're not? Uh, I mean, realistically, I just don't respect. I just don't respect that. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Like just for the, for the proper terminology, like I definitely don't respect that. But at the same time, like, if I know who I am and I know what I'm about, I don't care what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't really I don't really get into that too much, you know? Right. So, because you're mixed with, you said, what would you say again? So, I mean, retrospectively, you could just say Latino and Caucasian. Gotcha. But being, uh, you know what I'm saying? You said Puerto Rican, which yeah. is, that's a little bit different. But yeah, I'll, hey, yo, I'll I'm take so that. bad at racist. <laughs> No, but being also partially Italian. Right. So. So, oh, I'm part Italian too. I just remembered. (laughs) (laughs) That's a win-win. So, how do you feel about like um, like Mexicans and those guys saying the N-word, like Takashi 69, like him being able to say it on records and stuff like that? I think that's disrespectful. Right. Yeah, I don't agree with that. Right. Like, I I never drop, you know, I won't use that word, that term with me, Mm -hmm. because that's not for me to speak on. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like... I mean, everybody's going to have a different opinion, but dif- this one specifically, I just don't think that, that you should be allowed to say that. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, as far as, like, talking about whatever it is that somebody's doing or they think they're doing, quote-unquote, that's one of the things that I definitely 
can't rock with. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because that is that. That's just my take. You know what mm. I mean? They've tried to cancel it before the N word, but I don't think it worked out. No, 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 no. And I mean, to, <laughs> to each his own. But at the the way I look at it is, yo, it's just like if if you're not that, you can't you can't speak about that. Like I can't respect you. Right. You know what I mean? That makes sense. Definitely, you say those kinds of words in the wrong spot with anybody, and you're probably gonna catch some hands and then some. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Very disrespectful. Right. I think it's interesting, like, when white people say it to each other, and like, because they grow up around them each other, they don't have to, like, experience black people, really. So they think it's like, hey, what up, man? <laughs> like, what? Yeah, it's just kind of like, you know, I'm gonna talk real because I feel like I could touch on something similar to that with, like, the Latin community. It's kind of like, uh, you know, like somebody calling me a spick. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'd take that super disrespectful. Or if they refer me to different, different like, <clears throat> ideologies of what they put Mexicans in. You mm. know what I'm saying? Like, oh, you're a Mexican rapper? Oh, that's cool. What gang you in? It's like, <laughs> what? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. very disrespectful. You know yeah. what I mean? Very disrespectful. I don't agree with that. What's the meaning behind that word? I just learned that word, like, maybe a year or two ago. Like. Which one? Spick? Yeah. Uh, basically, it's just like a... Uh, white word I guess or I, I'm, I'm gonna use this because we use this terminology too it's like a slave word man like yeah. when you see a Mexican dude a lot of times they're like yo can you mow my yard can you do this can you do yeah. all this work that I don't wanna do and I'm gonna pay you the lowest low ball amount you know yeah. what I'm saying not even respecting you on that level nah man yeah. it's just it's one of those terms that yeah. people come up with you know to slander to slander your character and who you are as a person you know right. super disrespectful so what are some slang words that Mexicans call each other then <laughs> uh like puto uh, oh yeah you know the, the common terminology yeah. levas one that's a bad one that's, oh. a, that's a bad one if any any Hispanic dude comes across saying that that's Uh-oh. that's a bad look oh no <laughs> that's a bad look man <laughs> do you do you like um narcos do I what do you want do you like narcos oh yeah yeah I rock show? with narcos that Look. show's filthy. Which one though? The <laughs> I Netflix like the new version, dude. I like the newer Netflix version, Narcos Mexico. Yeah, because I thought it was weird when the I watched Narcos Mexico recently, and then I was like, oh, I'll watch the original Narcos now. And I thought it was weird that like it's about cartels and stuff, but it's from like the perspective of white of a white guy. I was like, what the hell? This I can't really, I can't really vibe with it. I like the Narcos Mexico, but like, let me, let me just ask you this: like, how would you feel if if somebody that wasn't within your culture, no matter what demographic they are? portraying to to know what your life is about and telling yeah. the story would you you know what I'm yeah saying? Like, that's true that's whack <laughs> that's 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 not that's disrespectful yeah. and, but the unfortunate part I mean I and I'm sure we all see it a lot mm-hmm. it's almost like congratulated yeah like people are okay with that like when they were trying to make the um what's her name Julia Roberts play Harriet Tubman yeah, man. <laughs> that's just I don't understand that I mean <laughs> I don't understand how that works, to be honest. You know what I'm saying? And what's his name? Um, Kanye West is trying to have that one guy play it. Danny McBride play it. Yeah. That's so funny, though. <laughs> Man, no, nah, it's just it's just very different, you know, and everybody's going to have a different perspective, but how would you feel if somebody told you how they how they portray your life when you're the one living it and right. you've never seen it? Right. You know what I mean? So I was listening to the Joe Rogan podcast yesterday. Do you listen to Joe Rogan? Yep, I listen to Joe Rogan. I listen to him like all the time. Real quick, and I don't want to interrupt you. Do you listen to Joe Budden podcast? Uh, sometimes. I think he's too angry for, in my opinion. Oh, <laughs> man. Okay, okay. All right. <laughs> I focus on Joe Rogan and the Breakfast Club like 24-7. And then I like Joe Rogan. Like put like the Breakfast Club sometimes takes breaks like when... um. Like the winter break, they yeah. they went on break, but Joe Rogan didn't, so I was able to listen to him on a new podcast. But he was like making a joke about it, so I, he was I can't tell if he was being completely serious or not. 
what I guess is new episode. Yeah. New? Okay. And you were saying like, what are your opinions on like being racist to white people? Like, do you think that's like a thing? <laughs> nah, I mean, the weird thing for me, okay, so like, it's kind of, it, it's a really weird melting pot. And this is with being biracial, it has a lot of bad points because mm. it's like, okay, I go with one side of my family, I'm not white enough to be there. Right. If I go to the other side of the family, I'm not, you know, Latino enough to be there. Yeah. And so, I don't fit in anywhere. Huh. You know what I'm saying? So like, both both sides of the family don't mesh you know everybody has different religion different preferences all these different things and that's another thing that got embodied into the music at the in the same sense it's yeah. like i'm not accepted anywhere right. like you know not even within my own culture so to speak but since my dad is predominantly hispanic then the way that it rolls is like okay you're a latino so when people come up to you like for the first time meeting you what do they think you are they think I'm white uh, in the summer. They don't know what I am, <laughs> depending on how, like, where. Tan a lot? Yeah, like, so, you know, like, I have, like, a caramel light color skin, and so, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So, a lot of times, like, I they don't know how to take me. If I shave my beard and I do, like, the goatee thing, then oh. I'm Latino in the summer. That's if so I don't, funny. I'm a white guy. You know what I'm saying? If I put the colored shirt on and button up all the way up? Man, I've got, so, you know, Puerto Rican is cool, though. I rock with that because that's one that I've never got, but I've got all the others. Oh, man. Yeah, but right. I don't care. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, that, that stuff don't bother me. Right. Does, like, race or knowing your roots, is that important to you at all? Or, like, do you think just people are just people? No, nah, I think it, it's important to me, personally, because I think that, you know, if you know yourself, you know, I'm hu- huge on knowledge yourself. So if I know who I am, personally, which would mean I'd have to pull from these different demographics to understand who I am, then mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, I'm comfortable in my space. Right. I kind of get that. Like, I'm kind of the black sheep in my family. My mom makes a joke, like, if I'm out with her or something, she's like, I don't want people to think that you're my boyfriend or something, because I'm, like, the Damn. only black person in my family, basically. Damn. So it's pretty funny. But <laughs> That is pretty crazy, man. That is crazy. <laughs> it's kind of the same thing. Like, if I go uh, if I go visit my mom, my mom's, like, super white. She looks like a 100-watt light bulb, you know, yeah. no disrespect. <laughs> but, like, then they see us together, and they're like, who's this guy? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's my son, you know, and they're like... Oh, oh, and the whole temperature changes. Yeah. You know what I mean? So funny. Yeah, it's, it's, so sometimes how, it gets awkward. So how old are you? I'm going to be <gasps> 34 in two days. Oh my gosh, am I invited to your birthday? Bro, I don't even know what we're doing. You got to oh, yeah. ask my man. Hey. That's some surprise for me. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, hands up. Yeah, no. Nah. Uh, but yeah, man. Yeah. How do you get connected with him? Contest. We did a rap contest together. A rap and, contest. Uh, yeah, we met through this group, uh, the, the Music Entrepreneur Club. And oh shit, that's a club? Yeah, yeah. And so we just started chopping up. He reached out to me, we connected, and the rest is history. We made a really dope track together that resonated with a lot of people mm-hmm. worldwide, and I'm very grateful for that. And it also branched off into a great partnership slash business relationship. So Yeah, that's dope. I think partnerships, I've tried partnerships before. I feel like for me, because I'm like so focused on like giving a certain perspective or something. Sure it's hard to like work with other people like I like I like saying collaboration's important yeah yeah but like it's weird like if if I'm if someone wants like people have been reaching out to me for like interviews and stuff and they're like oh I love what you guys you guys are doing like, yeah, <laughs> I'm like oh it's, it's just me but I kind of like that they're like being on my own and like learning how to do things on your own yeah. you know that's the thing I have a question about this like yeah, yeah. you have a podcast mm-hmm. and so you went through Anchor though right yeah 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 so what is your opinions on that versus like what I did was I uploaded everything like on my own. Mm-hmm. Do you 
do you find outsourcing to be important or like easier to manage or like I think uh, it would just come down to perspective because for me for the podcasting thing I do it sincerely for fun and mm-hmm. to, to definitely take the the musician shoes off and be transparent and be the interviewer this time so right. kind of take a back seat to what I'm used to and give somebody else the front seat mm-hmm. and having that kind of demographic a different understanding than most do from a musician and creative perspective then I like to showcase that. But going back to the anchor thing, I think it's just easier for me to do it with, with everything else that has. Because oh, you are music. doing so many other things. That does make sense. You know what I mean? Because like, I yeah. wouldn't be able to spend, like being very, very real, I wouldn't be able to spend that much time on it because mm. I, of my music career. Yeah. So it ends up taking like a backseat in a sense. So it's more of something I do for fun to shed light on other people. Wow. I didn't realize. That makes sense. Because like, I've started to notice there's so many different like artists, like Talib Kweli, he has his yep. own podcast too. <clears throat> Talib Dope. Yeah. And I thought it's, I was like, so unless you know who he is, you probably don't know about the podcast. So I was like, so many artists have podcasts, but they're not as relevant. Well, not not saying they're not relevant, but like people don't know them on like the Breakfast Club and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I guess it's because it's not their main focus. I think uh, like, I guess Joe Budden would be a good reference is Joe Budden in, in hindsight right now gets a lot more respect for being a podcaster than he does being a musician, which is right. un- which is unfortunate. But at the same time, like the more and more professionally started doing it and left music to the side, yeah. he's more prominent in that avenue now and kind of mm-hmm. found like his niche where he's like super respected. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think it kind of like, you can scale it like all kinds of different ways. But at the same time, like for me personally, I'm not going to take on I know something that I can't complete. And right. I know doing it this route, I can't complete it. You know what I mean? Because it's an as-due basis. Like hitting people up it's not like my main source and so like I highly commend you for, for going that route you know the entrepreneur route and really mm-hmm. sticking to your guns and doing it heavy like super respect right that's dope that's, that's so see that's why I like learning like new perspectives and things I never thought of it that way yeah, yeah cause I'm dope. sure like a lot of other musicians are so busy or, or yeah. whatever else that their plan A is yeah. is super stacked that they don't have time to really put all the ducks in a row over here mm-hmm. you know has music always <laughs> been like your plan A music's always been my plan A was that rough then? Like how, when did it start taking off that you could actually like make a living off that? Oh, respectfully, three years ago. See, that's what it takes a long time. Now. Yeah, it's it's definitely a hard time. It'll, you got to think though, I come from a different time frame. Yeah. So when I was coming up, it was really about getting in the studio, really about handing tapes. I'm talking tapes, cassettes, mm. handing out tapes, demos, figuring out how you're going to get money to get in a studio. It's not, everybody has an ease of access now. You can mm-hmm. do it on the internet. You could do it <clears throat> in your crib, wherever you want. I didn't have that. So for the first good 10 years of my career, we didn't have social media, none of that. So I come from the grassroots type area where it's like, if you don't grind, you don't eat. Right. And so I treated it just like hustling, you know, like hustling in the streets, which was something I was definitely a part of growing up. And I transcended that into the music. Like, yo, if I could hustle this, if I could hustle dope on the street, I could hustle tapes. Right. And so I, that's how I learned how to make that hand-to-hand, a B2B sales exchange. Mm-hmm. I used the street terminology that I learned growing up and transcended that into the music marketing and perspective in a sense. Right. So it's a lot different. Yeah. It's a lot different. So, How know. do you feel about like putting in all that work and then you see like a little Nas X or someone blow up overnight? I just kind of look at it from, from two angles. One, let that young man eat, first off. You mm-hmm. know, like, hey, if that music isn't my style it just ain't for me 
and that's where I leave it. You know what I mean? Because who am I to give critique on somebody else's artistry? Man. You know what I mean? I feel like even though we're all out here to be judged in a sense, like we're doing a platform, we throw ourselves out there for the world to say you dislike it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I knew, and I know that. But at the same time, I look at it like, yo, it's a it's a new era. It's a it's a new lane. This is what is in now. What was in when I was coming right. up wasn't you know what i'm saying like it's just different time frame and so the other thing i guess the third thing to add is just to be able to adapt Mm -hmm. so in the same thing like i respect what he's doing i don't necessarily like the music it's just not for me and that's where i leave it right that makes sense you know what i mean do you what are your opinions on social media because you were you started working before social media but people use that as like promotion now and but if you already started to get a name before social media is that important to you at all I think just being respected for the music and letting the music do what it's supposed to do. I think like social media and all these other metrics are more like vanity plates Mm -hmm. and I don't really care for that. Right. You know what I mean? Because like people look at your numbers, for instance, and before they even hear your music or they get to know you or shake your hand or look you in the eye, they have a different perception of you versus somebody who doesn't have a prominent social media status mm-hmm. and who might not be as serious but they get taken serious because the the numbers that people see it's yeah, just a perception that's stupid legitness <clears throat> that's stupid yeah it's just like yeah. that's what that's all they see they don't get to know you the person or you the artist or creative mm-hmm. how would you build your fan base grassroots um yeah. to make a short story even shorter um, I bought my own venue and business. It's about 10 oh, years. Yeah, so the Boombox, which is tattooed on me, was my Ooh. very first business, record label, imprint, recording studio, and venue that I ran all by myself. And so uh, that's when it really started to make sense. Because wow. once I got a building, I had everything in my palm. So I would yeah. start doing, you know, Friday ciphers. We'd do karaoke, uh, open mics, I'd have bands. It wasn't even just strictly hip-hop. I wanted right. to be like, yo, if you're a musician and you're talented, like, yes, let's do it. So I put all that in the melting pot, and then just being in a rural area, though, yeah. I was killing it. And then, you know, the owner decided to basically say, like, uh, you're being too successful, oh. and you know what I mean? Like, I'm going to go ahead and uh, pull the plug. And so he breached the contract, shut what? us down. In a pinnacle moment, it was hard, man. But that's when I really just started to grind extra ridiculous yeah. on the music. You know what I mean? Huh. Do you look back on that and hold anger towards that? Or do you think it was like part of your journey? Or? No, I think uh, I, I just leave it up to a higher power or whatever anybody out there believes in, you know? And, and my belief first and foremost is in, in, you know, higher power, universe, and God. My own relationship that I have with both of them. <clears throat> but then understanding myself, like, obviously to me, I wasn't ready. Right. That's the way I took it. It's like, right. you know, from the powers that be, I wasn't ready to be in that position that I was in. And so I felt like instead of letting it hinder me and get me upset about it, it actually opened my perspective to be like, yo, I need to work harder. I need to learn these things within the business before I get back to that point. Right. Why do you think God and rap go like hand in hand in a way? Like rappers mm-hmm. always talk about that or the Bible. or I. I don't know, man. Like, that's a good question. <laughs> I, I just kind of think, like, uh, it just really depends on the person's views and, like, who the person really is, you know? Some people say it because they just want to say it, and some people will do it because they really believe in it. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. if I ever reference God or universe or anything in that nature, it's always going to be from knowledge. It's not going to be from what somebody told me on the street or, you know, bro science and stuff right. like that, you know? <clears throat> Definitely want to... You know, I definitely think when you talk about those things or like 
uh, like we talked about earlier, like racial slurs and things mm-hmm. like that. I think you should understand what you're saying and what you're doing before you put that out there to the world. Right. You know what I'm saying? That makes sense. Yeah. So, where, 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 so did you, have you been on, you've been on tour? Oh yeah, and all that. plenty of tours. So how did you make connections with people like that weren't from your hometown if you didn't really have start out with like social media and all that? Well, the music really started blossoming <clears throat> in like 2014. So this is literally after the demise of the boombox. And so I just right. really took it to like, yo, I'm really going to get in the studio and just go harder for myself instead of everybody. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I said, short story shorter, I got hit up by different people like, yo, you, you're making a buzz and we have no idea this place where you're from. Like, yeah. let's let's talk, you know. So it ended up being business conversations, um, had some hit records that came out around that time. And that's really what picked up the traction to show interest for talent buyers. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so I went on my first tour in 2017 hey. or 2016, one of the two. And I was an opener. Went all around the country. It was super dope. But instead of sitting in the green room and hanging out with everybody, I was out in the streets trying to uh, shake hands with people. I went to record shops. Like, real old school tactics. But it it works. Yes. Because all those fans that I accumulated for the first one, then I went the same year and made my own headlining tour and started basically just doing that myself, figuring it out based off the fans that I made from the first tour. So literally, notebook, writing names down, addresses, handshakes. I had all it down like an itinerary. That's dope. And so I built it and I've been touring by myself ever since. So Do you, did you ever, were you ever focused on becoming an influence or is it more about just the music and? Uh, I, I honestly didn't really look at it like that. Fans and other people around me look at me in that same sense but I don't I just look at yo like this is part of the journey and I'm just grateful that I'm able to positively impact others around me in that manner you know Mm -hmm. but as far as being an influence I can say I didn't really set foot out to do that I just wanted my voice to be heard and my story to be heard and you know what I mean what are the messages you try to portray in your music definitely positivity to be able to navigate through obstacles and perils and coming from somebody from a demographic which one could relate to to tell you that it's possible so that's definitely number one and the second thing is to basically just be be yourself and be proud of be proud of who you are regardless of what you look like what you do who you hang with all these kinds of different statues that people kind of place on people you know like yo i don't wear a mask i don't you know anything i say in my music Either I've already done, I'm going through, or something that I want to help you with that you might be going through. Just mm-hmm. pulling a story from the treasure chest of life that I've been through. Yes. So, yeah. What are your opinions on Seattle? Because I've actually started to notice there's a lot of artists that come here to record. Yeah. Which is weird, but I don't <clears throat> see, like, because it's still, like, Seattle's still, like, trying to find its name. But if there's people touring here and, like, recording here, why isn't it, like, on the map for the artists, in a way? I don't know, like, maybe it's just because I'm an outsider, and me coming here, the the last couple of trips that I made, this one included, is there's so much culture here, and, like, every person that I've shook hands with, or I came across with, or that I've been introduced to, is su- either super talented, has, like, mm-hmm. crazy, like, something really awesome that they're doing, like yourself, you know, different studios that I've been taking to, different people I rock with, and what I love so much about Seattle is there's so much culture here and everybody nobody sounds alike that's one thing for yeah. sure like everybody's got their own style I love that and the fact that like people embrace each other here and like I'm not gonna lie I was kinda like weirded out at first I'm like whoa this is not like Cali this is definitely not like Arizona mm-hmm. 
and I'm like, man, like people really like click here, like in a good way, in a yeah. positive way. I think there's just a lot of po- a positive, you know, positive vibes, positivity, but a lot of creators and they mesh. Yes. So I mean, it just kind of looks like a me- for me for being an outsider, like a melting pot of a bunch of great things. Mm-hmm. You know. What is some advice that you have for up and coming artists, creators, entrepreneurs? Um, I would definitely say as far as the musician side, um, the business, business first. And I think like a lot of, a lot of cats, me included coming up, didn't have that knowledge, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So somebody's able to bring you that knowledge or show you some knowledge, like take it, you know what I mean? Like utilize it and cause that's going to help you navigate. So business first, um, as far as being a creator or like just being broad spectrum, I would say just be confident in what you do. Be confident mm-hmm. in yourself and, and whatever it is that you're about. So definitely business confidence and then really be about whatever it is that you're being right. or whatever it is you're portraying to the world because, you know, you're putting yourself out there to billions of people, right. you know. So I think you should be weary about what you're saying. Right. I think it's important to express people that the grind is worth it in a way. Oh, for If sure. that makes sense. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I mean, the last thing, of course, would be hustle. That's what I'm yeah. all about, you know, and, and everybody could scale that in all kinds of different ways. But I mean, knowing that it's going to be hard, it's yeah. going to be there's going to be drop offs. There's going to be times where you put your hands up and you put them on your face and you're like, this sucks, <laughs> but it gets better. Yes, it gets better to not give up, mm. to not give up. What have you learned about yourself through all of this over these 25 years? Man, uh, one that I wasn't always in the greatest space when I began, and what, and that that goes for an array of reasons. Um, definitely being peaceful with myself with some things, yeah. and so music really helped me, like therapy. You know yeah. what I mean? It was like you got your own therapist, but the therapist at the mic, and you know what I'm saying? Like, and you're portraying those things to your audience, and so definitely, definitely that for sure. Yes. Yeah. It was awesome sitting down with you, you know. Like E Brown hyped you up a lot. He's yeah, like, shout Dude, out to you. E. Gotta, you gotta <laughs> sit down with this guy. I so, super appreciate it. Yeah, it was actually dope meeting you. You're, you're inspiring me, man. 25 years, that's crazy. Yeah, it's a long it's time. It's a grind, but I think it's worth it. Like, I've given myself because in this day and age, people yeah. are, like think they can blow up instantly. But I give myself five years to even like get noticed at all, even on a small yeah. spectrum. I think. It should take, I don't want, I don't even want to like blow up right away. Like, of, of course, like if I'm like low on money or something, I'm like, oh shit, I wish I had everything yeah, right now. Yeah, for sure. But I think like overall, I think time is really important because especially if you blow up at a young age, you don't really appreciate it. Yeah, no, for sure. And and to piggyback off that, I just, I don't think any point in my career until now, like it's making sense. You know, I'm a full-time musician. I just wasn't ready for the opportunity. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think like playing the long game, going through all these trials and tribulations that help mold you into, you know, you understanding yourself, you definitely find out what you are and what you aren't. You know what I mean? You definitely figure out like if you can handle certain kinds of pressure, whether it's being on stage in front of hundreds of people or if it's being on stage and you got two people. Right. You know, or being in, in a recording studio and not being prepared to going in the studio, doing your thing and dipping out. There's like so many variables to it in a sense but um yeah it's definitely the long game that's one thing that i would say is like it rarely even though you brought up little nas x like rarely does it ever come like oh hey yeah here you go fresh yeah. you know what i'm saying here you go dj blake here's your opportunity go ahead and take it right. it doesn't happen like that it takes time yeah it definitely takes time 
What are some final words you have for Seattle? I love Seattle. That's pretty much it. Hey, I love I, Seattle. <laughs> I, yeah, a lot for real. Like uh, I rock with Seattle. I'm very appreciative to be on your show. Thank, Thank you, you for taking the time to you know sit down with me, man. Yes, for sure. Yeah. This is DJ Blake and Freshy. DJ Blake.